Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people and see how they do their thing, how they hang in through all the ups and downs. Today, my guest is an actor named Tony Rodriguez. He plays the character of Julio, Marge's hairdresser on The Simpsons, and the story of how he got that gig uh, is so fun and inspiring, and I'm just so excited to have him come on the podcast to tell it. Um, before we get to the interview, though, I want to remind you that there are two ways you can listen to this podcast, Dennis Anyone. You can listen as you always do, or I'd love it if you considered becoming a subscriber to DNR Studios. It's part of a collective of shows that I'm a part of. Uh, you learn about it at dnrstudios.com, and for a certain fee per month, you get my show two days earlier, plus you get access to all these other great shows. It's a great way to show your support for my show, and you'll discover some other great stuff along the way. So so check that out at dnrstudios.com. And here now is the interview with Tony Rodriguez. Joining me now via Zoom, it's actor Tony Rodriguez, who plays Julio on The Simpsons. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's so fun to have you here because your story of how you ended up on The Simpsons is uh a, delightful, but also it's very inspiring. It's like, oh, you know, we can do things that can move needles when we feel like we can't. Uh, I, I knew that you'd gotten it. I'd seen posts about it, but I didn't know how you'd gotten it. And I love that story. So why don't you tell the listeners how that happened? Well, sure. I mean, well, first of all, I've been a fan of The Simpsons since I was a little, little kid. Yeah, as many comedy people are. It's been around um, since 1988. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's in its 34th season now. Amazing. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, in the middle of the panty times, uh, some people were stuck at home. And a dear friend of mine, Drew Mackey, who is a producer and co-host of the podcast's gayest episode ever. Right. Uh, he was compiling a super cut of every gay joke in the history of The Simpsons. And it's a two-hour video. It must have taken and forever for him to do year. that. It took a year. Wow. Yeah. And every time, like, he would, like, share jokes. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember this episode. And then when Julio comes around, we're like, oh, my God, I could do this voice. For that, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Julio is a gay Cuban character on The Simpsons that was previously voiced by Hank Azaria, the brilliant <laughs> Hank Azaria. Right. You're stealing jobs from Hank Azaria. I hope you're happy. I, I, can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> for the first time after I got The Simpsons, I started getting hate tweets. It's really? Just, and that was something something someone said. You took a job from a good man. Wow. <laughs> like, he's still there. I'm just lightening his workload. That's right, because right, he does a bunch of different voices. So Julio is Marge's hairdresser. When did um, Julio enter The Simpsons I... universe? I mean, I you don't have to nail it down, but has he been around a while? A while. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. say, like, 15? Yeah. <laughs> It's so hard to say. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say with them. Time stands still. So Drew created this video with all yeah. of these jokes. Yeah. And uh, Julio speaks very similar to Hank Azaria's character in The Birdcage. It's just a sort of like this right. like, lisping gay Latino character. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, I could do that voice in a world where they would open it up to representation and all that. Um I don't know if you're familiar with Apu. There was a documentary called Much Apu About Nothing. Yes, and it has to do with the char that character. Yes. So basically Hank Azaria stepped down from voicing that role, and sadly Apu has not appeared, reappeared since. 
Um, he's sort of, I guess, been written off the show. But um, I thought, well, why don't I make a video, uh, like, as a comedy video, like, what if they open the door to representation? I'm gay. I'm Cuban, like Julio. Why couldn't I voice it? So we decided he would put his video out, and I would put my video out, which is me just doing the voice and asking the Simpsons to cast me. Right. You're, you're actually doing them a favor. You're like, I know you might have this problem. I can solve your problem right here. Boom. One stop. You know, that's it. It's like, it's like problem solving for someone else. You make it easier for them. Sure. So next time I'm going to make a video for Spielberg. Right. Sure. As soon as we wrap up here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I like um, it. So <laughs> Drew puts out his video with this supercut and then you mm-hmm. put yours out right at the same time. Yes. And it got some traction. Uh, one of the, showrunners of the simpsons matt selman saw the video saw both videos and then he went to the writer's room was like has anyone ever heard of tony rodriguez and what i didn't know was that a dear friend of old friend of mine from ucb in new york city uh christine nangle had become a writer there um and she was like oh yeah he could do it so i got an audition and i did not have a voiceover agent at the time uh, if I put the video out on a Monday, I was recording the following Monday at Fox. For, like for the show. Me. You were working on the show within, within a, a week? week? Yep. Wow. Putting out a video for... Aren't you Eskimo. glad you weren't a jerk to Christine Nagel? Yeah, and I'm really, really hard to get along with most people, except Nagel. Like, yeah, it just I'm happened to work out, actually. It just happened to work out. Actually, yeah, I yeah. know you to be very sunny and optimistic and, and, and fun, so I'm not surprised that she was like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. So what did your video that you put out there, what did it consist of? Um, I'll say uh, real quick, before I did that video, I had been doing like on Zoom, like a drag character. Yeah. Uh, and I would put like dumb videos up and it was just for like comedy people, you know, right. to do something creative. And I was doing that, my audition for The Simpsons in that same spirit, like, oh, comedy people might see this. Uh, but I think that was my MO. It was like, I just wrote a few jokes. It's like two minutes long. Right. I'm doing the voice the whole time. I'm asking them to cast me, basically. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, I, I know there's like a dirtier joke in the, in the video. Is that correct? Correct. A slightly, um, you, you, there was a report that I saw on the news talking about this story, but there was a dirty joke that did not make the news. So can you tell us the joke? Cause we have no standards here. Oh, no standards? Great. Yeah. It's, uh, the joke was that, um, I'm doing the voice. I'm like, oh, I'm uh, Julio's gay, like me. He's Cuban, like me. And one episode, he's Puerto Rican, and I'm pretty sure I've had a Puerto Rican in me. Right. And that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just PG enough. So is that true that in one episode he was Puerto Rican and then he switched back to Cuban? Yes. I thought you were going to ask me, is it true if I had a, I had a Puerto Rican in me? Well, you can answer that as well if you, if you like. <laughs> um, Probably a long time ago. Yeah, sure. Uh, so that is true that they goofed with, with the character and, and made him from two different places because they've been doing it so long. It would happen. Yeah, I think sometimes they break, what's it called, canon? Yeah. It's called? Sure. Just a little bit. Sure. Um, Matt Selman has explained it like sometimes it's like most things are, they stay the same episode to episode, but sometimes they'll change things up just a little bit. Yeah, they'll I mean, mix it up. 34 years. Yeah. But. Keep it interesting. Um, do you attempt to do something like Hank Azaria did, or do you just come with your own interpretation? Ooh, that's, that's, this is a very good question. Yeah, I'm not because, messing around. Um, when I got my audition sides, 
Yeah. After, you know, they like, I had a legit audition. I knew the episode that they, that I was reading from. And at that point, I sense, I could be wrong, that Hank Azaria wasn't being as playful as he used to be. I think he was still voicing Julio and it was post uh, stepping down from Apu. Right. So sort of. There's something in the air that feels like it's coloring. Yeah. This character, so, whether it's perceived or real, it's, there's just something around it that's squishy, right? Mm-hmm. He, I, I think in the later episodes, he feels muted. Right. As if, if, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mimicked his voice. He doesn't want to be offensive. No. I, and I, uh, when I set my first tape, it was sort of muted. I was sort of mimicking his voice because, of course, it has to sound like him. Right. Um, and they got back to me like, we know Tony can do the voice. We just want him to play with it. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. off and running. And I think yeah. that's what they wanted. They wanted permission to play with Julio. And I frankly, I love him so much. Right. Yeah. And in a way, it liberates them too Correct. as well. Yeah. Um, what's Julio like? Have you created like a backstory in your head for him? Like how do you find him? I, uh, listen, I like to think of myself as a professional actor. I come prepared. I do my homework. But I swear to God, nothing in my entire life have I felt more closer to than Julio. Julio, it's just me. It's like a sort of sassy gay Cuban. He's you cute, know? too. He's cute. He's he rocks a tank cute. top. He wears a tank top. He is always in tape. Um, well, I guess it's an aspirational me. <laughs> no, you know what would be fun to do? It's so perfect is have them like give you a trainer, give, give Julio a trainer and you can get, you can have the wish fulfillment of being like uh, a super stud without having to do the work or, you know, change your diet or anything. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, all you have to do is become an animated version. Of yes. Maybe Julio doesn't only fans to make extra oh. money. Listen, um, what's his love know? life like? His love life, he he dates around. He's yeah. on the apps. Sure. I mean, this, this, there's, yeah. He uh, he gets around. He's very, he's kind of a popular Springfieldian. I right? Think. What was it like when you showed up the first time? After just a few days ago, you posted the video. Um, It was surreal. I went to Fox, and at that, when I showed up, it was still a test. Right. Although I was recording for an episode that had mostly already been animated. So right. it was about to air like in a month. Um, and I was, in, it was like a producer session, but they were recording it so that if I did book it, it would then, that makes right. sense. Right. Right. They didn't guarantee um, they would use it, but if you did book it, they had it. Correct. So it was like, I was quote meeting all the producers on a monitor on Zoom. And like the first person that showed up was my friend Christine. Like, oh my God, I hadn't seen her, you know, in years. And then the uh, co-showrunner, Matt Silman. And then as every other producer came on, I'm like, oh my God, there's all these people watching. And of course, each thumbnail, I can't tell who's who. But I think the fact that I saw my friend first, I was sort of relaxed. And so you're looking at a Zoom screen with all of the people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Are any so, other actors there or just you? Just me. Doing your yeah, lines. I met. Yeah. Until this week, I hadn't met any other actors on the show. Uh, this week, I went to the season premiere party. I saw the pictures. What was it like? Dennis, it was wild. It was at Springfield at Universal Studios. Right. It was, it was, in, it was wild. The whole area was like for cast and crew and creatives. Matt Groening was there. Wow. Um, it was wild. I happened to look like the character I voiced. So people so kind of had a feeling like, you might be the person. Yeah. 
And they were right. Like, what were some you? of the moments from the party that you remember? Oh, my God. Where do I start? I, um, <clears throat> the Simpsons ride was open. Right. I didn't talk to him at all, but Kevin Pollack was in my car. I was too embarrassed. <laughs> wow. Kevin Pollack was in your car in the Simpsons ride. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nancy Cartwright. Um, yeah. We shared a condiment tray. We were looking nice. for ketchup for our fries. Did you, um, talk, I, did you tell people and say, hey, I'm Julio? No, I did not. But, like, producers and writers and some animators came up said, oh, my God, I draw you. Right. As if I was the living person that, <laughs> that they do. That's do. so amazing. What a story mm-hmm. that just because you put this thing out, that mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, it's wild. How did you it's first, wild. how did they first reach back to you? Somebody call you and say, I heard, or I saw this, or was it an email? What did you hear from? I swear to God, I still have the email. It's from my friend, Christine Nangle. Yeah. It was maybe two or three days. It was two or three days after I posted the video. And the email is, hey, the subject is just, hey. And here's the entire body. I haven't memorized. Hey, Tony, uh, I don't know if we're, I'm uh, working on an animated show that no one's ever heard of. We're looking for a queer Latinx voice actor that's talented and funny, if you know anyone. And I'm like, or maybe not if you know anyone, if you'd like to audition, I think. And at that point, I thought, oh, what a coincidence. I didn't. And then the next thing I opened up was IMDb, and she had just become a producer, right? Wow. So you think she must have seen the video, but was being kind of in the email being a little being more coy about it. Yeah. But I really thought, oh, wow, she must be writing on, she must Some have seen show. the video yeah. and writing on another show. Right. <laughs> But it was the thing that you, you secreted that thing. You did more than that, though, because you took major steps to put it out there. You know, I, it, it's wild. If I don't think I would have gotten it if I went to the proper channel. No. We'll say. I don't like, think so. You, no. Maybe you would have. I mean, you're talented enough, certainly. But I think there's something about how people break in. I think you kind of have to, something has to be off the usual channel sometimes. For people to notice. I just thought of, she happens to be a friend, Rachel Bloom, um, yeah. who for years was making music videos for no discernible reason, just because she loved doing them and they're, they're very funny. Right. But I don't know if you know the backstory of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Right, but it, it led to her getting, uh, the videos were what led to that show, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Aileen Brosh McKenna, who wrote the screenplay of The Devil Wears Prada. Right. She was going to supposed she was working on her next project and she was like procrastinating. And she just saw a Rachel Bloom video. Was like, wait, I want to write with her. Yeah, and the rest <laughs> is the rest, as they say, is history. Um, how often do you get to do an episode? How often does Julio pop up? It's like two episodes a season. Yeah, right on. Hey, I'll take it. Yes. What's I your dream episode it. for Julio? What would you <gasps> dream would happen to him? Yeah, if anything could happen. Like, he 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 is. He does choose shows at the theater sometimes. So, like, a musical. Like, it's an episode about him putting on a musical and right. he's starring in it. Or maybe he has a talk show. Yeah. Um, I I don't... I feel like I am the character, but I don't own him. But, oh, my God, the things I would do. The spinoffs I would do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I know the, the musical part is part of what you love. But when you also think he does Marge's hair, he's responsible mm-hmm. for that. That hair that we know is so iconic, I, right? Yeah, who's responsible for it? Oh, he, he is. is. He is, yeah. He does he's it. He's responsible, yeah. I know. It's him. He's been doing it. 
Yeah, although sometimes they break canon. Who knows who's doing it episode to episode? Yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. I know. But he's good at his job. We've decided that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. Are there things that go with being an actor that works on The Simpsons? Are there conventions? Are there think? Are there groups online? Is there like a because it's been around so long? Is there a fandom that you are hearing from here and there, honey? <laughs> I cannot believe like. You've seen Soap Dish, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes, when organically, like if I happen to appear on an episode or something and I just post, I go like, fun pick of me doing whatever Julio's doing. Right. Um, it's like me as, like Sally Field when she goes to the mall in right. Paramus. She's like, because she needs some ego boost. Right. I mean, all these Simpsons fans come out in, su- in support of things. The haters don't comment anymore that I see, but it feels... It's wild. It's such a, it's such a popular show. It's and it's been in waves, right? It's now it's old enough. It's been generations of right fandom, and I think there's a new wave coming up right now of new and older quote fans. There's a new resurgence of interest in it. It was the number one show last week. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. But yeah, they there's like Facebook groups. There's like on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, it's wild. And I'm like a little teeny drop in the, whole, in the thing. But you still get the residual yep. love from people yep. that are fans. What were the haters like? What was what was their deal? The haters, well, besides the person that said, uh, you took a job from a good man. Right. Someone, like, they're, they're basically harping on representation. Like, why right. does it matter? You're never going to find a dragon or a penguin to voice someone. So why does it matter? We right. can't even see you. And one person wrote, you're teaching kids how to be gay. Yeah, well, I wish somebody had taught me because I had to figure it out on my own. And <laughs> it, it, it was a social took, satire animated show that taught us yeah, about being gay. It's crazy. What do you think it is about the world of The Simpsons that you love? Is it the, what, what is it about the sensibility? The sensibility, I think, I mean, I, I fell in love with it in its early years. And I think it has retained a lot of the early, like, joy and irreverence. It's, I feel like, at least in the early years, they didn't know how long they were going to even go on. So right. they were just having fun, like, making each other laugh. It, it feels like just a fun, um, joyful satire with heart, which is, like, a weird thing to say. But at, at its core, it does it, it, the family unit cares about each other. Right. I don't think it would work if people didn't actually care about each other, even though they're, like, super flawed. Right. And it's also just smart jokes. Yeah. There's like visual and, uh, written jokes that you wouldn't, you would yeah. never be able to do in a live show. I wrote about the movie basic instinct for my book screening party. There was a scene in it with a Bart Simpson's keychain. Yes. And when I saw that, I thought, when was that movie? Like, it's just time is so weird. When you think about the Simpsons, that was like that 90, something like that. 91. So wow. it was already around. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's wild. It's, I it, want to read what you write about Basic Instinct. I just oh, it's a whole minutes. chapter in the book. It's a lot. Yeah. So, um, I know the book you're talking about. Yeah. This was in 2002, though, I wrote the book. So, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a trip. But talking about representation, I just had this conversation with Sam Pancake. Uh, so my listeners will be like, you just talked about this, but I want to know if you have an <laughs> insight about it. I was watching Grace and Frankie. My roommate had it on the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Martin Sheen and Sam Watterson, their scenes made me laugh out loud 
not because they were funny, but because they were straight guys trying to play gay. Or I don't know. There's something about it that feels silly to me now that it didn't three or four years ago. I, I think there's something about if you can get the real deal, you should get the real deal. That's yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're getting there, right? It hasn't always been that way, for sure. Agreed. You, if you can get the real deal, get the real deal. And I mean, but at like, I don't know. There's a certain point where like, well, you know, production starts in blank and we put a good faith effort yeah. to get someone. And I've heard these conversations too. I'm like, well, we have to start some point, but I don't know. I agree with you. I, were you laughing at them or kind like, of, kind of okay. like, Oh, look how Sam Watterson's holding his foot. He's, he's being fussy. Look how fussy and gay he is, but they're good at, they're great actors, but it just, there's something about maybe mannerisms or choices. And I'm not, I'm maybe I'm projecting on them. Like he thinks if I hold my cup this way, people will think that I'm gay. Um, I don't know. There's it's something like about it. It's, it's tired. It felt, it's been, yeah. It's like straight actors have played gay so many times. We get it. Right, right, like, right. I mean, you just stand a little way and like, oh. Yeah. This is straight guy. Thank you. Thank you. God. Wow. And it's then, well, and, I, and you're kind of, and then you see the little choices they make. Oh, I'm going to hold my book like this or whatever. And, mm, and you're kind of yeah. like, oh, bless them. That's so sweet. But it just yeah. makes me, I find it funny now. Not, I, you know, I, I'm not angry or anything like that. I, but I just, I find myself laughing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not angry about it either. It's just yeah. like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> How has the landscape changed in the last few years for uh, for you and what you've observed? Ooh. Is it a lot of talk and not a lot of action, or is there real differences that you see? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think there is a lot of good faith efforts in terms of representation of, like, queer and POC. And then other times... Um, how do I put this? I feel like people just want to do lip service. So they're like, okay, this for auditions anyway, for actors, whether voice over or, you know, uh, live action yeah. is, uh, um, we're open to queer, uh, BIPOC. And then like, there'll be specifics, for example. Okay. I'll put it this way for animated show. Oh no, I'm going to talk myself into a corner, but here we go. For example, the artwork for a character is a dark-skinned person, and the the, the breakdown just says uh, POC, person of color. I'm like, per, part of me is like, well, the way I got The Simpsons partly is because of representation. I would not feel right then voicing a person, a black man. Right. I'm not black. Right. Um, but if they were like, if they were going to, you know, cater to the voice of the person Doing the work. Right. We really and like your take on this taper character. We're going to make them more like you. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, yes. But sometimes they just say POC, and I wonder if they're just trying to hedge their bets or their corners. I don't know if many of your listeners can answer this. But, of course, like, if it's an animal or a tree, I mean, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can play a hell of a tree. I, I can play the hell out of a tree, especially when I'm sleeping. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, so you also had this fun movie out recently called Out of Office uh, on Comedy Central. It's still running. Like, people can bring it up, right? Yeah. I think it's on Paramount Streaming. Right on. Comedy Central's been re-airing it every now and whenever. Now and again. Um, yeah, now and again. Tell us about that movie. How would you describe it? It is sort of like um, 
Well, it's from the producers of The Office, so it's a workplace comedy, right? Yeah, uh, you know where work people can become a kind of family, um, and it's it's very much it was intended, I think, in the pandemic times where people working remotely, um, and there's that vibe. Everyone does work remotely, but then they do end up meeting in the real world. But I have a fun little scene near the end that uh, I played Jim Rash's husband, um, and it's a real fun scene with Milana Baintreb. Yes, I watched the scene, and you have a baby. A baby. And you guys are really sweet together. And I've seen this with a few of my actor friends. They end up playing husbands or lovers with, like, friends of theirs that they've done comedy with forever, right? Like, you've yeah. probably known Jim forever. Yeah. Like, that yeah. must be funny. Like, oh, I'm, I'm your husband this week, or I'm your husband this week. Is that something that comes up? Yes, I love it. Right. I love it so much. It, wouldn't that, is that the dream? Just right. work with friends all the time. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, this time I'm the stay-at-home dad with the kid, and you're out at the thing. But next time, like, it's just kind of like this incestuous, these little gay couples in these comedies, right? I, I, I've seen it a few times. It must be fun. Where did you grow up? I grew up in, basically, I grew up in Mexico City and New Jersey and Miami. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my father's Cuban. My mother's Irish-German. Uh that didn't work. <laughs> oh, like Lucy and Ricky. They're kind of Lucy Ricky. But we moved around a lot. And then, yeah, we ended up in South Florida, in Miami. And that's where I went to high school. I just say I'm from Miami. When people were like, they just want the short answer. When did you know you wanted to perform? <sighs> well, when I was a kid in Mexico, my mother was an actress in children's theater. Oh, how cool. And, like, I remember thinking, like, ooh, is this something people can do with their lives? Um, but it wasn't until later in my, like when I went to college, because when I was in high school, I became really religious. <laughs> Interesting. I would do these like sketches, but they would always have, you know, you know, follow Jesus is the moral of that. But, um, as one does, I went to college and then found the theater department and here we are. <laughs> you know what? When I found theater in college, it's when I found friends. It's when I, my, my college career came alive for me. It was really the deal for me in college. Where'd you go to college? Arizona State. You know, uh, that bastion of um, partying and and and, or, and great art. Um, okay. Did you study theater in college or did you major yeah, in other at, things? At a real party school, University of Florida. Right on. Gainesville, baby. Now, you've been part of the local improv scene for a long time here in L.A., UCB. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do Groundlings or any of the other ones, or were you always a UCB kid? I was always UCB because I started in New York. Right. Uh, I, that's where I, like, came up in the improv scene. And it might be different now, but wh- at least when I was there um, in the 90s and early aughts, it was – UCB was the only game in town. There were already – there were other comedy theaters, but UCB, for me, was it. If I came up in L.A., I do think I would have gone to the Groundlings. Right. I think in LA there's like there's more than one big comedy theater here. But that's why. So when I landed in LA I just started performing at UCB because I could. Did you <laughs> like, find that you had a knack for improv out the gate? No. I do have a knack, I think, for we'll say short form right. improv. You know, that's like whose line is it anyway? Right. It's the easiest way. But uh U C B teaches like a long form herald form and i'm not good at it what is that how is it different harold you're basically doing a half hour show based on one suggestion oh wow 
So you yeah. sort of have to really think of long-term storytelling arcs and like, yeah, kind of all of that. That's yeah, interesting. I, yeah. I wanted to do sketch characters at, in New York. And I, I could never get on a team, but I did get on the hardest thing, which is the improv show team with Nangle, Christine Nangle. That's what we did together. Um, I couldn't believe I got it. Like, this is very hard, and I'm not, I don't think I'm good at it. Um, but my team was very good, and also I was on it. How does being an improviser or thinking that way, does it ever rub off on your real life? Do you find it helps you? It does help me, and I, I, I don't, I, I realize that afterwards, I think I'm like, I guess it's just like, we're, we're improvising right now. Ugh, it sounds like we're teaching you a class, but we right. are, right? I mean, life is improvisation. <laughs> it is. And, um, like, for example, like in an improv class, they might teach you if, like you're with a scene partner and you're not immediately inspired by, or have an immediate reaction to something. You're like, well, you have to find something interesting in what you're given. Right. I've never thought about this in this way, but right. I guess it, it, it does help you in life. It makes you more curious, I guess, and it makes you more open. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I, could, I, I, I would like, think that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. What's, more pliable, more resonant. Um, what's yeah. it like for gay people in those, in those companies? Has it changed a lot? Because I remember I would go to the groundlings and I'm like, oh, there's that, there's the gay, there's the one gay guy in the Sunday company. Or Like I always related to them and I always wondered what it was like behind the scenes. I cannot tell you when I started at UCB in New York, there might've been five gays. I know Jeff Heller was the first friend I made there because right. like the first show I saw there. He's uh, He was just on that show that I liked so much. Somebody somewhere. Is that the yes. one I'm thinking of? Yes. Yeah. He played her friend on that. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was like, you know, where you have Gator, like, wait, there's another one of us here. Let's right. go get a drink. <laughs> uh, there were so few when I was coming up, but on it. And now it's much, much better. Now we're like, we talk and very openly about inclusivity. And now there's like gay teams, right. gay teams of, you know, I don't want to say gay, queer, you know, bi, sure. trans. Um, but when I was coming up, it wasn't like, Man, I've, it's like, God bless, like, let's say younger comedians now that feel entitled and they should be heard and they should be seen and they should be represented. But when I guess when I was coming up in the comedy world, part of me was like, well, this is for straight white people or straight white men, I should say. And, but if we can like carve out our little yeah, corner here, I'm in a, their playground. Right. I'm just going to try to sneak in the side door and not yeah. pick up too much uh, dust. Because, like, if you don't want to play here, go do stand-up. Yeah. That, that, you know what I'm saying? That was my internal, like, um, sort of, like, uh, how would you say that? Self-censorship, I guess? Sure. Yeah. But I guess I'm not not gay. So I guess when I uh, performed, I'm just, I'm an out gay man. <laughs> yeah. At UCB. In being out in L.A. and pursuing these things, have you ever felt like just doing something different? Do you ever feel like, oh, I can't? Or I, because you seem like a sunny, optimistic person. I always see you when you're, you always seem upbeat. But are you ever like, you know what? I'm going to peace out for a while and do something else. Yeah. I've thought that many, many times. Yeah. Like, just go to Palm Springs and open, see, I was going to say a video store. And they're like, well, why would you have a video store right. in 2022? Because it's retro now. It would be part of the charm. And, you know, Ooh. some of those older like guys in Palm Springs. Links. Yeah, yeah. You have to go into the store to get them. <laughs> Here's the link. I'm going to write it on a Post-it and you can write. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what's what, one of your favorite memories of performing at UCAB? 
have you ever had, I'm sure there have been famous people that came and see things and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, famous people come in all the time. I'm going to say, uh, I'm grateful for my time at UCB in New York where I was right. doing mostly improv. But when I came out here, I started doing musical, written musicals. Right. Charities, I th- I've seen was, a few of those. Oh my God. There's so much work, but there's so much fun. Right. Um, I think that was the most joyful thing. When I look back now, I'm like, oh, my God, we had a good thing. We didn't know how good we had it. Like a, a troupe of musical comedians and great musicians and just being able to put up anything we wanted. Oh, my God. There's nothing more satisfying than, like, musical stupidity. <laughs> yeah, musical stupidity. That might be the name of this podcast. What were some of the shows that you did? Did they have, like, crazy names? Um, the longest one I did was Tanya Harding. Yeah. Musical. Sure. I played Jeff Galuli for, like, a year and a half. I can um, see that. Um, I just shaved to a mustache, and it was so much fun. Um, uh, I was part of a monthly... We did a new musical every month. <laughs> I played Batman... Uh, in a Justice League musical. Um, that's a plum roll. That's a really, that's the best part. It was the best part. It was the best part. Um, oh, with like Rachel Bloom, we did, um, a Law and Order musical. She wrote, she wrote a, um, a Smash Mouth musical. Wow. A what musical? Rent. Smash Mouth. Oh, the band Smash Mouth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which allegedly they came to see it. (laughs) Wow. So she used songs by Smash Mouth. Yeah. And told a story. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've seen yeah. you on some of the musical things that they do on James Corden. Are those, you've done one of the, you've done some of the ones in the road, right? Yeah, I've done all the Disney ones, I think. What's it like to do those in the road? It's wild. I think when it first started, there was fewer eyes on it. Right. So there was an element of danger and now it's a bigger and bigger, bigger production. And now they're like, <clears throat> now they control the traffic light. I don't right. think that was the case. Now, like, the cops are there, and they, like, turn it off. And, like, right. It's, but in the, in the beginning, it's not as it gorilla just, as, it, as it seems. But in the beginning, it, it was. In the beginning, it was, yeah. Was it um, super funny and fun to do that? It's so much fun to do. It's, ex- listen, li- I'm going to say, us comedians on it, hey, James Corden, if you're listening, I'd love to do another one before you leave the show. <laughs> but the comedians, us comedians, we just get to, like, improvise and stuff and be silly but i'm gonna take my hat off tip my hat to all the dancers the choreographers on that on all of those musicals they bust their asses off they're so good most of the rehearsal is just like me watching these amazing dancers do their thing um and across (laughs) we do it in a crosswalk how long does it take to do one of those now it, it takes longer and longer now but there's a, there is like a full rehearsal day before. Right. And then shooting day, it's like an eight hour day. Wow. Well, now because they have so many props, so many, and like they've the had to keep craft. up, they've had to keep up in the ante. Yeah. And they have, and they plug in the celebrities now and they have to get their own rehearsal before they go out. Yeah. It's all, it's become a big, bigger and bigger, which I think is funny. Yeah. It's always the same joke though. Yeah. Why is this happening in the street? This is absurd. Yeah. I love it. You were on one of my favorite shows, Playing House. It was a three, it ran for like three years. It was on my dream board. I wanted to be a writer on this show. I love that show. With Are you serious? Yeah, Lennon. Tell me the name of the, the two gals. They're probably good Lennon friends Parm of yours. Lennon and Jessica St. Clair. Yes, I love both, that show. Lennon Parm is one of my dearest friends. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I love that show. I love Key. Michael Key is a romantic 
comedy god. He's so yes. good in that in that form. And I just I tell you a story when we're off, we're not when we're off recording. Really about Keegan Michael Key? Maybe yes. about something? Wow. It's about I have no listen. It's a positive thing. Yeah, but I don't think I should say it. All right, on record. Well, well it's yeah. a positive thing. I don't it's a, okay, good, good, good. I, I love like it. it. I truly love I it. I like it. I like it. It's good. It's 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 um it's good. Okay, Halloween is coming up. What's your most memorable Halloween costume? I or are those, you one of those people that like I dress up so much for my work stuff that I don't even I'm not into it. Kind of. Yeah, that's kind of it. But also, like, I'll just do quick drag. Um, before the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, is that what it was called? The yeah. Movie? I used Rhapsody. to be Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But I don't think I can do that anymore. You got the stash. Would you rock the tank top? That, that Freddie yeah. look? Yeah. The tank top. Tight jeans. I'm getting like false teeth that made me. Wow. You really, you would go all the way there. That's it though. Yeah. That's it. That was the extent of it. <laughs> um, Where do you go as? I, you like- I haven't been gone as anything in a while. Last year I went as like. A Top Gun, the guy that died in Top Gun, Goose. Oh. So I had a flight suit, but I was dead. You yes. know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was I was I was trying to get people excited for Maverick. Um, mm-hmm. You know that I, I'm a little half-assed about around ha- Halloween. I don't I, I don't love it. Um, but you do I come up with like a pun. Yeah. Oh, one year I went as Charo Chaplin, and it's it, I still have friends that <laughs> tease me about it, and I still blush at the <laughs> stupidity of it. I have shame around it, like that it was dumb and it didn't work. Oh my god! Yeah, I have one friend that like can't let it go, and it's part of our thing now. It's our little dance that we do. <laughs> he brings that up, and I get embarrassed, and then we keep going, and the years keep going by. They just mm-hmm. keep going by. You do a drag character, Barbafella. Yes, I. What's do. her story? She is a mess. I feel like she's the real me. Um. I don't shave when I perform as her. Right. Which I've done her for years and I speak Spanish and it never occurred to me that Baraba is beard. I'm like, I'm a genius and I didn't even know it. Her name is Barbafella and she just is always scruffy faced. Right. Um, her main thing is she, she talks kind of like this, like a sleepy Muppet kind of character. Right. She'll lip sync to herself singing badly. Um, <laughs> usually to like covers of like eighties TV theme songs. Right. Um, but I just got to do a run of shows at Dynasty Typewriter, and I love it so much. It's like therapy. I feel so good after doing that particular her. character. That particular, yeah. Why? It's What's like, it about her? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around. I'm like, is it because I completely own what I'm doing? And it, and it's, and I'm like, okay, here it is. I think I'm doing what I think is stupid, fun, and joyful, and it works. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh my god, the audience loves this. We did a snatch. Do you know what snatch game is? Yeah, yeah. We did that, and oh yeah, I know price. what snatch game is. I'm digging deep on that because my I know my listeners are like, "This is a mismatch game." Come on, Dennis. You can't. There just, we go. You can't just like go. let that yes. lay there. Yes, I know what snatch game is. Have you heard of mismatch game? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I did her doing Bernadette Peters, and it absolutely worked. <laughs> like I can't believe how stupid this is. That is very meta, but I'm glad it worked. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed you have a few things coming up uh, on your that 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 are on IMDb. A Maximum Truth is that a thing? I shot a movie. This is over a year and a half ago, I think. I can say that uh, with Ike Barinholtz and Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. Um, directed by David Stassen, and uh, I get I play like a sassy gay Cuban. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so much fun. There's a bunch of like celebrity cameos in it. 
Um, and I can't wait to see it. It might, I don't know what IMDb says, but I think it's, there should be some news soon. Yeah. News soon. It's coming out. It was very improv heavy. Yeah. It was like a, it, yeah, those guys are all great. I can't wait. I love it. And then there's, is there something called classified? Um, that's a pilot presentation that'll think will be on YouTube this right. week. I think, um, Eric Roberts is in it. Eric Roberts, Julia's brother. Right. Half brother. Yes. That's hot. Is it? Is it half or f- I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe full, but they're not that close. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I this is this is another lifetime ago that I was reading magazine profiles about Richard and Julia and what's going on with them. It's been decades. That was like a Premier magazine thing you would read. Remember I Premier magazine? Premier. I love. Oh, I Premier loved magazine. it. It was kind of oversized, and I subscribed, and I would read those long articles about cinema. I was into it. I was so into it. The covers always popped for me. It was like gorgeously shot. Like yeah. Whoever cover the cover person was. Yeah. Oh, uh, I loved it. And it was so big. It was so much bigger than it needed to be. Right. It. And it was for re- people that really love movies. It wasn't yeah. dishy like people or us weekly or anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, the golden, oh a- the golden era of magazines was so good. I so delicious in New York. Oh yeah. And the, in the mail room, they would get, Every magazine you can imagine. And I would always bring my backpack on like a certain day of the week and just load it up with the glossies to take home. <laughs> were, were they glossies that people were finished with or would you intercept them before anyone even no, had the chance? I wasn't taking from anyone. It was glossies would send them to oh. the advertising because they wanted everyone to see. Of course. Especially the ads that we were running. Yeah. But there would be so many. And no one was, no one took them. No one cared. Me. Oh. No one cared. I would have been right there with you. What are some of the other things that you've done along the way? You said you worked in advertising. Oh. Have you ever taught? I have. I've done like improv workshops. or acting. Like, do you like it? I sometimes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I did one yeah, thing I where I I was asked to like teach a little workshop at a, at a at a comedy book writing comedy thing whatever, and I did it. And I, first of all, I accidentally let the class out a half hour earlier than I was supposed to. And I just, I realized I don't have a lot to say. You know, like, you know, some people can just talk and talk and talk. I had some thoughts and I, I you know, I, I prepared and I thought, and I kind of went through my thoughts in like 15 minutes. And I was like, shit. Like, I don't think I have a natural teacher's knack. I'm probably, I'm the same. I would, I would say, like, we could tell stories. We can have conversations all day long. Right. But I guess if when it comes to, like, a practiced, a craft or something, it's sort of like, just do it. Right. And also, I shouldn't be teaching anyone to do anything. <laughs> it's like, I guess, like, I, I would imagine, like, I'm not a painter, for example, but I would think there's only so much that someone could tell me. I just have to do it. Right? Right on. <laughs> like, I don't know. But you, some people have that knack. You just got to do it. Um, are there any um, Julio uh, Simpsons merchandising items? Is there an action figure? Is, what's going on with that? Are no, there greeting I cards? I wish. I've made my own. You've made your own? What have I you made? Go to see, I've made refrigerator magnets. I just, like, screen grab. Yes. And I go to CBS and they print out. They print it out and they put it on the magnet. I was, I didn't see any Julio merchandise at this uh, season premiere party. Right. Which was at the theme park. Right. We're like, everything, those all those merchandise. I couldn't even find something that said Julio, like where they have little mugs. Right. And it's like, Alpha, you can get your own name. 
Yeah, it wasn't even there. It wasn't but, even an option. But you went. You, you made. You made your own. You made refrigerator magnets. I. I. I'm, it's probably too many now. How many have you made? Just different poses and what he's up to. Like I. I. Yeah, I have like three. I love it. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, whenever I see you, you always strike me as optimistic and like in and and. I don't know, sunny, and you you don't have a that bitter thing that can come with comedy sometimes that I've noticed. Is that is that a fair assessment, or am I not uh, accurate in that? You are and you aren't, but I I hear this from other people all all the time. What you've said to me, like right now, I I feel up because I like you when I know you and I like yeah, yeah. talking to you, and I feel and it's not. I don't think it's forced. I think other people or comedy brings a sunniness out of me. Right. But I, I think when I'm alone, I don't always feel that. Unless I'm focused on a creative thing. Yeah. Maybe there's my answer. Oh, so it's very, very connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yes, more than not, I am a sunny, optimistic person. Right. But, yeah, I've heard from people I respect, like you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, are you blind? No. Yeah. No, I guess but I there's am. a friendliness to you and you're interested in other people. I, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, that's why. Maybe if I'm alone, I'm like, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, careers in, 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 in entertainment go through ups and downs. What kind of keeps you going through the, through the lulls? What's kept you going? What's kept you in it? What a great question. Cause I've thought, I mean, I've thought of like, you know, that, that thing with like, what else can I do? Yeah. The video store with the links. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. God, <laughs> you're the only person that said that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I guess not to get, I do have like a meditation practice. Me too. I'm into it. I'm like, I guess I'm like more optimistic than not. Yeah. But. I think at a certain point, like, well, what else can I do? What else would I do? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I just haven't. Yeah. Because I don't know. Actually, sitting here, I don't know what would have happened if, let's say, I didn't make the Simpsons video. Right. Or let's say it was too late because actually when I made that video, it was all about the timing. Right. They happened to be looking and I didn't even know. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. But you know what? It's one of those things where one big yes like that can kind of really keep you going for a while. Like it, it kind of can, has its own sort of gas in it in a, in a way to, in terms of what you're up to and, and yeah. sticking with it. I'm grateful for that gas. Even talking to, I'll say his name again, Matt Selman. Yeah. So much the producer at The Simpsons, he was saying something about like, Oh, for next season, I was thinking of this and that for Julio. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I felt so happy to be a part of this. The little part of this thing, I'm like, oh, I belong. This is like a thing that I belong to. And all these people are happy and creative and they love their jobs. And that was a little gas for me. I'm like, yeah. oh, if nothing else, I have nothing else. I have this little teeny asterisk and my refrigerator magnets. Yes. That's so beautiful. <laughs> that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful um, way to, to think about it for sure. Can I ask you? Yeah. How do you, I feel like you're, you're such a, from my eyes, yeah. you're a creative curious person yeah like you feel like you correct me to my eyes you feel like endlessly inspired to write and create like your game yes your 
you did. You, know, you you wrote a review for Amazon for the game, which I appreciate very much. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's a fun game. I will tell you that there was uh, a point in the middle of the last decade, around 2014, 15, 16, where my career bottomed out and there was nothing going on and I had been part of the strike and it really took such a toll on my physicality and my health and stuff like that, that coming out of that, I had to totally change the way I approached everything, how I think about my life. And Hmm. now I do not measure things in wins and losses and, oh, that didn't, I tried that, but that didn't work. Or I, I tried up for that and they didn't like, I don't, measure things that way anymore. I measure them on, is you know, who am I being? Am I, am I bringing my best stuff to it? Am I contributing something? Am I enjoying myself? Am I enjoying my life? So I quit keeping score. I quit keep keeping showbiz score because it almost killed me, frankly. And so I think that's, that's a part of it. And the thing that has been the most surprising about it is when you don't care what happens, you go for it more. Because I'm not as invested in the result. So I'm like, I'm going to send another email to that person. Because I don't care, really. But I do mm-hmm. want the thing. Like, I do, I, I do want the opportunity or whatever the thing is. Um, there have been people that I interviewed for this that I had to reach out to several times. And I would have before been like, mm, I, don't, I can't want to bug them. But now I'm like, no, I'm, I still am into it. Because I don't mm-hmm. care that much about each rejection doesn't land like it used to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But I had to totally changed the way I approach everything. But the, 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 the surprise about it is that by not, by caring less about the result, I, tr- I do more, I put more out there because yeah. I'm not as invested. That's been the surprise. That I don't makes, know. If, I don't know if it makes any sense. That does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. But it gets really, um, you know, it can be tricky, especially when you're comparing with who's doing this and who's doing that and oh, so oh my gosh. That's really hard. It is really hard. You know, oh they got another opportunity. I'm thrilled. You know? So yeah. I I um yeah, that can be that could be hard. But I think you're either doing the thing you want to do or you're not. And it's it's you know, trying to compare yourself to other people is not a uh healthy thing. Do you do you that, think that's yeah. true? I think it's very true and it's very hard not to do that. Right. Especially when, you know, we're surrounded by, you know, everyone, we're all by our colleagues. But you know what, what else is interesting? With these shorter shows, people can get an opportunity and it's amazing. And then eight weeks later, they're back out <laughs> struggling again. Oh my like, God. in other words, nobody is cashing in to the stratosphere. Nobody's getting, you know, the network sitcom that changes everything for 10 years. Like everyone, you're like, good for you. Enjoy your six episodes and we'll, we'll, we'll see you in a few months or something. Is that true? Yes. I've seen it like so many, (laughs) like just today, just seeing like, oh my God, you know, dream opportunity. They were on a show, a big, you know, big, lots of publicity. They're great on it. Oh, unemployed again. (laughs) And it it feels like it happened like that. It felt like it happened like that. I think that's kind of a different. And so you have to kind of have a long game, enjoy the process, day-to-day thing about it, Mm -hmm. I I think. And, um, and, uh, yeah, you're right. 
Also, it's a healthier way to do it. For sure. The other thing, you know, take it from me. I, I, I paid a price for the way I was sort of wired to think about it. And I had to really break a lot of stuff down. And But I'm really grateful for all of that struggle because I learned a ton. And it's really shape the way I approach everything now. And I like, and I, and I feel good about the way I approach things now. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're. Thank you. Thank you for the therapy. I will, uh, <laughs> Dr. Julio, Julio should open, become a therapist as well oh, as, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Do you know, you know, Sam Kite? I don't. He's a, a producer of, of gay films and stuff. He's been telling me I should, I'm not on TikTok that I could join TikTok as Julio from The Simpsons. I'm like, I don't own the character. Right. But if it's just me, and it's just like a with a wink, yeah. I can do anything. I don't know that. I don't, I don't know. Are you on TikTok? I'm, I, I I have a um, an account, and I watch things here and there, but I don't go on to it. It's just to watch things. Yeah, I'm not, I, I know it's where all the kids are, and it's where everything's happening, but. I don't think I could sustain it. I'm not, yeah, I, I. I it's yeah. a beast. I don't think I can. Do it's a it's a beast that you have to keep feeding. You do. Yeah. You have to keep feeding. But you took initiative with your with your one video and it changed your life. And I and That's I. That's all I have in me. One yeah, video. yeah, you're done. It's done. <laughs> it's happened. Um, tell people how they can follow you. I, are you on Instagram, Facebook, or how do you do you do Twitter? I am. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the Tony Rodrig, and I'm yeah. not on TikTok. Yeah. My a drag character is also on Instagram. At it's me, Barbara Fallon. Oh, I like it. I like it. Does she have a big wardrobe? Do you have a lot of stuff? No. Handful. A few things. A few looks. A few but, looks. But ain't broke. Her, yeah. She'll have like eight wigs. Yeah. That's that a lot. At the same time. Oh, that she wears it once. Yeah, for wig reveals. But yeah. they're all like piled up like Marge Simpson's hair. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, that's a full circle moment. Okay. Any live shows coming up that we should know about? Yes. Uh the aforementioned UCB Theater just reopened in L.A., and I'm, been, I'm part of that now, again. Nice. Uh, I have a monthly live show, third Fridays of the month at 8.30, Spanish Aki Presents. Uh, it's, an, it's a Latine improv group, and we're paired with Search History, which is a, another popular improv group. Oh, so third the two Friday, of you together. The two yeah. of you together. Is it like a dance battle? It's an improv battle, which, yeah, it might include dance. Yeah, sure. You have to be willing Preferably. to go there. Um, final question, Tony, why do you act? Oh my God. It, cause when it's good, it's great. It just makes me happy. Yeah. It's just joyful. It's playing. It's like, it's playing. Fills my heart up. But oof, getting those jobs. Not, not fun. <laughs> Try, I mean, the road to get them. Yeah. Can at times not be fun. Right. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, um, watch for, for Tony on the Simpsons. Uh, yes, for the please. next for the next fifty years. Oh when, my God! I wish. I hope. Oh my gosh! When you go there and you meet the and well, you you only saw the other people at the party. But do they own countries now? Are they super rich? Do they show up in Bentleys? Or are they pretty down to earth? Oh my God! I I they've been doing they, it. They must have so much money. They how much money must they have? I know it's crazy. And Matt Graney, how much must he have? I know. I. People ask me, like, the second I booked it, are you going to buy a house? I'm like, uh, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, 50 years. Yes. From your mouth to Matt yeah. years. <laughs> you know what's great about it, though? You don't have to worry about what you look like or how old you get or if your hair gets gray or if you oh my God. gain, gain yeah. weight or whatever. Like, you don't have to worry about Botox. You just get no. to do the voice. 
if anything, this voice is going to get scratchier. <laughs> right. So it works. All right, Tony. It was super fun talking to you. Congrats on The Simpsons and everything else you got going on. And uh, I hope our paths cross soon. Yes. Bye. Thanks again to Tony Rodriguez. Watch for him on The Simpsons and go see him do his thing live at UCB. All right. So this happened. Uh, I had a birthday recently uh, in September. And for my birthday, I decided to go see bros with a bunch of my bros and friends. Um, it happened to be the Thursday night when bros was doing their advanced screenings. I guess the official opening is Friday. So Thursday night they had screenings, though. And they had screenings at this new place uh, not far from where, from where I live called NoHo West, which has a cinema and, like, a cute little place to eat called The Stand where we had dinner before. And then my roommate Penelope arranged cupcakes that we had on this fun balcony. And then we all went to see the movie and we all loved it so much. We all laughed and had a great time. And uh, going into it, you know, there was all this promotion for it. And I worked with Billy Eichner for a few months uh, back in like 2009. We were writers together on the Big Gay Sketch Show and and we shared an office. So I, I've known him since then. And uh, I always thought he was really funny, but I never really, we never really became friends on that show. He was very driven and uh, really talented. And so as this was happening, and I was, I was a little bit jealous, I guess was probably the word that he was having this great moment. Um, but, you know, super talented and, and, and deserves it for sure. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, he made the absolute most of that opportunity. He brought so many things funny ideas, so many thoughtful, deep ideas, so much community, so much, like, he really left it all on the floor, and I really, really admire that about the movie, and it was the perfect way to spend my birthday. We all had so much fun. It came out of it laughing and joyful, and I was, like, knocked it out of the park, uh, and I was so happy, and then the movie comes out over the weekend and doesn't do great at the box office, and there's all this discourse online, and I went from feeling like, oh, it would be so great to be him right now. I bet he's just like having a, the, you know, living his best life to, oh my God, this is so harsh. And, oh, I don't know. It just brought up a lot of stuff, right? And everyone had an opinion about this and that. And I just thought, I just thought like you could just tell he put everything he had into that movie. Um, every deep insecurity that he thought that he was able to put into those characters he brought music into it it was inclusive it was it was aware of, of of its of its privilege and all of that and i just thought and it was super entertaining and so you know it, it's i wish it had done better for everybody and uh hearing all of the you know after commentary is 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 i don't know it's it's it bumps me out to read uh for him and for everybody, for, for the whole community. But I will say this, the movie is great. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And I think it will have a long life and make people laugh for years to come because I think it's uh, a modern classic. So that's my bro's birthday. And it was a great way to spend the birthday. Great way to spend the birthday. Um, the And the very next night, I had another cinema experience that was one of the most extraordinary things I've ever experienced in my life in a theater. Uh, I went to see the movie RRR, which is an Indian movie. It's an epic action movie about these two revolutionaries who become friends, and uh, it has all these amazing set pieces, but it it opened in India in 
earlier in the year, like March, in the spring. And I think it played here a little bit. It's also on Netflix. But it became a phenomenon in India. And so they did this screening as part of one of the American Cinematheque programs, uh, one of the crazy Beyond Fest, I think it's called. So it was, it was the Chinese theater. It was 800 seats. It was packed full of people that were obsessed with the movie already. My friend Alonzo Duraldi, who is a film critic, uh, got me an extra ticket. Because I had asked him, I said, hey, do you know about this movie? I want to see it, but it's sold out. And he's like, I'm on it. And he'd already seen it and loved it. Anyway, so we sat there. People are cheering uh, before it even starts. People are applauding numbers. People are standing up and giving sequences, standing ovations. The action and the set pieces are mind-blowing and visual, and they're so rousing. The actors are so winning. There's a dance number in the middle of it that is just one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen on film. And as a dancer, I just love it. And it's these two hunky guys, and they're kind of their relationships very um, kind of homoerotic, and they're very bonded together. And the, the way the movie shoots them together, and oh, it's so delicious, so delicious. And people are literally up in the front row dancing, doing the same dance as this thing. I've never had a, an experience in the cinema like it. And I really hope that more people get to see that movie live on a big screen. It was in IMAX. It was unbelievable. But if uh, if that's not an option, definitely check it out on Netflix. They're lobbying to get it um, best picture consideration or different awards. And I think it deserves it. Like, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes at some of those set pieces um and there was a Q&A with the director afterwards and uh they were talking about how he shoots each sequence like it's its own movie and then takes a break and then comes back like they do it in big chunks and you can see when you see the care and craft that go into each each shot so the director's name is SS Rajamuli and he was there for a Q&A and people were just losing their minds for him and then the two actors are NT Rama Rowe Junior and Ram Sharan Teha, and I've already Google imaged them to put them on my dream board for 2023. They're so beautiful and winning, and I, this movie I just can't get over. It. I just could not get over it. So it was quite the birthday weekend. I was I, I, I was lucky and uh, had had wonderful uh, experiences and fun friends and lovely birthday wishes and lots of cupcakes. And here's the thing about birthday cake: why is it better three days later in the fridge? It really is. It's so good later. Uh, anyway, all right, before I let you go, I want to let you know that the Mismatch Game is going to be coming back to the Renberg for our Dress to Thrill pre-Halloween edition. It's this coming Saturday and Sunday, October 15th and 16th. On the 15th, it's at 8. On the 16th, it's at 7. You can learn more about that at lalgbtcenter.org. And uh, you can also search for tickets on eventbrite.com. All right, before I let you go, I want to give a shout-out to AJ Sousa for the mixing. JB Bursey provides additional technical support. My theme music is by Mark Daniels for placement music. And uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. <laughs>